you guys for leading us in worship today. That was very special to have you here. We're grateful. And all of you up here too. Not just the ones, uh, the younger ones. If you want to look in your Bibles, we're going to be spending time in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7 this morning. Philippians chapter 4, get out your Bible, pull it up on your phone. Chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Whenever Kay and I get to go to a Southern Baptist church that we have not been in before, we like to start off saying thank you. First of all, I want to thank all the guys who were here last night. That was just a rich, amazing time. What a great group of men you have present for those times. But Kay and I like to say thank you because some of you don't know it, but you've been paying our salary for 30 years. <laughs> so we're a little late, but we want to show up to say thank you. Uh, we, uh, as, as Kevin mentioned, started with the International Mission Board in Mexico and, and then served a number of places over the years. And we saw God do amazing things. Um, I mentioned last night some of the young pastors we trained. We, we saw churches planted. We saw God's good hand. And in every bit of that, we were partnering together. Uh, some of you know this well, but, but for some of you may not know that a little bit further down in Philippians 4, if you wanted to keep reading, uh, Paul's writing this because this awesome mission-minded church reminds me of the point, Stephen. This often awesome mission-minded church has once again been supporting Paul, but Paul calls what they're doing partnership. And so we just want to say thank you for partnering with us over the decades as we were able to serve with the International Mission Board. Uh, as I was thinking about our time, praying about our time together this morning, um, starting last week, of course, the images on the news were just horrid uh, from the Middle East. Or, or for the last year, coming from further north in, in, in the Ukraine. Uh, the whole planet has just been in a strange time of turmoil for several years. And I think the Lord brought me to a promise. And, and of course, he knew that you were going to be here this morning. I don't know which ones of you he had in mind. Maybe every single one of you. But I know that he wanted you to hear about a promise that he has for you for this week. And it's an amazing promise about the peace of God. Now, the way the, the, the verses that we're going to read, uh, the, the promise comes at the end of a little bitty short chapter, uh, short paragraph, verses 4, 5, 6, and 7. So the first three verses have five commands in it. And then we come to this amazing promise that you can have peace that guards your heart and mind. Now, the way this verse is set up, it's not quite as strong as an if-then construction where you have this conditional promise that says, if you'll do these things, then this is going to be true. But it's the same thing because the beautiful promise starts off with and. So it's tying it to the rest of the paragraph, of course. And the paragraph, uh, verse 4 has two commands. Verse 5 has one. Verse 6 has two more. And then if those are true in your life, what you can know, God just states it as a fact. And the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. 
And that's what you can leave here knowing today. That God put it in writing. His promise to you for his peace. Now, now what I know is that there have been times when I look at a, something in the Bible and I say, God, that looks great, but how can I have it? God, I don't want religious talk. I want reality in my life. If you're there this morning, then I think this is the word God has for you. Because he gives us five commands and a promise for those who walk his way. Catch that if I walk God's way, then I'm living in the blessing that he provides. If I choose to ignore his way, then I don't receive that blessing of, of just walking in God's path. So we're looking at that this morning. Uh, would you stand with me as we read? We're going to be reading verses 4 through 7. <clears throat> <coughs> Excuse me. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I, I'm going to pray, but I want to ask you to pray before we do. And that is, you, you remember that Jesus regularly said, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so this morning, if you would like to hear from God, would you tell him that? And I'm going to pray that he'll give you ears to hear, and that everyone who wants to hear from God this morning would. So would you take just a moment and ask for God to speak clearly through his word. Father, we bow before you. You heard your children praying. And maybe some who are distant from you. Father, you said, the one who has ears to hear, let him hear. So I'm asking that you would give us ears to hear. I'm asking that everyone in this room who wants to hear from God, Lord, would it be clear, please? We're asking that the Spirit would speak through the Word right now to everyone whose desire is to hear from you. I'm asking that your children can walk with their minds and hearts guarded by your peace. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Five commands, one incredible promise. The text says it's, it's, it's beyond comprehension. It surpasses all understanding. It's an amazing promise. Some of you may have been watching your, your friends that go to church here. Over the years you've watched that they know what's going on in the news. They see what the, the challenges are all around them. But they just have a peace inside. And you've noticed that they're different because of the peace that just guards them. That, that's just so palpable. It's real in their lives. This morning, I know God wants you to see clearly from his word how you can have that peace. It can't, by the authority of God's word, this can be true in your life. The first commands are in verse 4 where he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, 
rejoice. I love how this starts off because it doesn't start off with a feeling, but it starts off with what you choose to do with your mouth. It starts off with your choosing to praise, with your choosing to rejoice. It starts off with an action that you can choose. And it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Now catch there. That if you were rejoicing in the stock market, you couldn't rejoice always. If you're rejoicing in how things are going at work, may not be so good for you right now. If you're rejoicing in how everyone's acting at home, it may not be a source of joy. But I want to promise you that if you get your eyes above those things and look at the one who's on the throne of the universe, you can always rejoice. So catch that it says, rejoice in the Lord. And if you rejoice in the Lord, you can do it always. And I want you to just, as, as we start our, our journey towards saying, how can I have peace in my heart? I want you to hear it starts with you choosing to focus not on the stuff around you, but to focus on the Lord. And when you focus on the Lord, then there's a cause to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. And when you rejoice in the Lord, you can do it always. But catch again, it says a second time. Rejoice. Now, both of those are commands in English. They're imperatives in Greek. The whole point is... Actually, they're not optional. And if you say, nah, Albert, you're just making this up. I'm just grumpy by nature. <laughs> well, I don't know what your nature is. I just know that God gave you a command. Yeah, but you don't understand how many bad things have happened to me. And so, therefore, I'm excused. Well, no, I'm just telling you. It's in your Bible, and it's a command. Now, I appreciate Stephen's source of music. So he gives you something uh, that you could just be repeating all week long uh, or wherever you want to. You can just start singing some of the psalms to the Lord. But here's a command, Christian. It's not optional. Rejoice always. But it's really easy when it's in the Lord, when you're focused on him. First command. The second command is in the next verse, verse 4. By the way, you're going to notice that I'm just going to walk through these verses. And so, so I'm not adding hardly anything to anything that's there. Maybe a few cross-references. So if you'll this week just go back through verses 4 through 7, it's going to be crystal clear because it's straight from your Bible. Uh, verse 5 is the second command. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. I just, Scripture is such a perfect treasure. It words things just right. You know what I would have liked it to have said? Elbert, why don't you tell yourself that you're being gracious? Because <laughs> I, can, I, can, uh, I can deceive myself. I can say, yeah, yeah, I was, I was gracious once last month. I'm gracious. No, 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 no. That's not what it said, is it? It didn't say do it once. What did it say? It said be known. The, ver the command is not to be gracious here. The command is to be known for being gracious. Ooh, that bar just got a lot higher, didn't it? In other words, you don't ask Elbert if he's kind. You ask Kay if Elbert's kind. You ask the people around me. And notice who it says. It says, let your graciousness be known to everyone. Yeesh. 
to him? You think she should think I'm gracious? That's what it says, isn't it? Just in your Bible. Okay? Let your graciousness be known. The word gracious here is an, it's not used a whole lot in the New Testament. It means gentle, kind, yielding, tolerant. Let me just be as just upfront with you. You you can choose to be harsh instead of kind. You can choose to be demanding instead of yielding. You can choose to be an intolerant person instead of tolerant. Just don't expect God's peace. And also he commanded it. He said, be known for these things. But oh, scripture's so amazing. See, even in this verse, he tells us how we can do it. Because the whole point is, he says, the Lord is near. I, I trust that a number of you students, when, you're, when you walk up to some of your friends at school that, that aren't quite as close, that they, that they change their language. Uh, they don't want to use the same language around you. Uh, why? Why? Because, well, you know, they respect your walk. And so when you walk up, then, then, then they still want to be your friend. They just don't use all the language. Okay. So, so, so catch, catch. Um, I, if I'm going to be harsh with somebody, uh, I don't want him to see. Him who? Him. I want to be so aware of his presence that those words of harshness don't come out. That those words of, of selfishness, I just bite my tongue because the Lord's near. And by the way, let me tell you why you can be gracious and be known for being gracious. It's because actually I could try to... <clears throat> They weren't being nice, and I'm going to settle it. Uh, I mean, when you look at me, you kind of laugh when you say that. But anyway, anyway, some of you are big, tough guys. I, I, I've never had that. Um, there, no one's ever described me that way. It, it, it helps me some. But anyway, I, I, I'm, not as, I'm, not, I'm not as worried to trust in Elbert's strength. But here's the deal. I don't care how strong you are. You can try to solve every problem on this planet. Wish you luck. But let me tell you who's the righteous judge. Let me tell you the one who sees everything. And it's going to make everything right. And you can depend on him. You know one of the reasons why you can be gracious. Is because the Lord is near. Don't worry about, don't worry about me trying to make it right. The Lord is near. So catch the, the first three commands we've already looked at. Twice we were commanded to rejoice. Then we were commanded. Notice it's moving from a choice to choose what I let come out of my, what I say. Because I can choose to rejoice. A choice to rejoice. And that moves then into where I back up my words with my life. And then, and then Paul moves internally. The Holy Spirit guides him to show that what we really need to be working on is where our mind is, where our heart is. By the way, catch that heart is third. It doesn't lead, it follows. But catch here that he commands us, don't worry, pray. Don't worry, 
pray. By the way, this exact same verb, don't worry, is found three times in your New Testament. And the other two are by Jesus. Now, now let's, let's be honest. That's as high as the authority gets. It's in the Bible and it's by Jesus. Okay, so three times your Bible commands you not to worry. And two of them are by Jesus. So guess what? It's not okay to worry. He says, don't worry. Now, he also, this, the verses are incredible. Don't worry, but he tells you how to keep from worrying. Every time you're tempted to worry, what do you do instead? It says pray. Don't worry, pray. Now, please hear, this is the way to get where you don't worry, is you start praying more often. And, and catch, if you know something is forbidden in Scripture, that we're told not to do it, and if we do it, what do we do as Christians? We ask forgiveness and then get back in the spirit life. Okay, And so, if you find yourself being anxious or worrying this week, as soon as you recognize that was being anxious, I was worrying, then the first thing you do is you confess it is sin. Because if God says not to do it, it's sin to do it. I don't mean to be mean to you, but I really want you to hear this. Because you will never be set free from anxiety. Until you recognize the truth of God's word. This is the first step to you being freed from worry. This morning. Would, would you just repeat after me. God says it's a sin to worry. Would you repeat that? God says it's a sin to worry. Now again I'm, I'm taking it that he, he commands us not to do it. Therefore I'm calling it a sin. God commands me not to worry. And as long as I play these mind games with myself and I excuse that what I'm doing goes against the Bible, but it's okay. I never get free. Have you ever stopped and thought that you've never been freed from a sin you haven't asked forgiveness for? Have you ever stopped and thought that every sin that you refuse to confess enslaves you? Please, dear friend, I'm not wanting to be hard on you. I'm wanting to set you free because God wants you to be free. But the only way you can be free is to call stuff like God does. Remember the, the 1 John 1, 9 says, homologeo, if we say the same thing, same, say the same thing about our sin that God says. Well, God says don't worry. And until we say we're not supposed to worry and say that, that we're going to confess it every time we do it, then we will not be freed from it. I want you to have the peace of God. So he commands us, don't worry, but pray. And again, catch the, the same focus on every one of these verses is to get our eyes off of us and what's going around us. And instead of worrying about the situation, I talk to the one who can change it. I love in Acts chapter 18, which is a little bit later. Remember in uh, Acts chapter uh, 16, Paul starts the second journey. He goes to Philippi. Uh, remember, he's thrown in jail there in, in the middle of the night. He's singing praises to God. Oh, yeah, he was choo a choice to rejoice. Paul did that when he sang praises in jail in Philippi. 
Well, then the last city that he got to on the second, mission, on the second missionary journey was Corinth. And, he, and he's seeing a lot of people getting saved there. But there's some opposition starting to mount. And so, so uh, at chapter uh, 18, verses 9 and 10, it says, An angel came to him in a vision and said to him, uh, Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Now, now what, what's, what's fun to me is that the, fir, the form of the verb means stop an action that's already started. So it means that Paul was worrying and the angel said, stop it. Now, what I love about that passage, it, it, remember 1 Corinthians chapter 2, when Paul writes back to the church of Corinth later, he says, when I first came to you, I was with you with much fear and trembling. And so Paul tells them, yeah, I was, I was fearful and I was trembling when I got there. And I'm sorry, this really probably tells you something about Elbert's character because I laugh at him. But I love it that Paul got in trouble for being fearful. Is that bad of me? I love it. I love it. I say, praise God, Paul was fearful. Now, now, you know why I get excited about that? It's because I'm not perfect. And if God could only use perfect people, I wouldn't have a chance. You know what that shows me? God can use fearful people. Please don't get so excited about Paul. Get excited about Paul's God. And remember that the same God lives inside of you. If God can use Paul and Albert, I know he can use you. Please catch this. Please catch this. But what does God say to Paul when he's worrying? He says, stop it. <laughs> I love it. Stop it. So here's what I want you to do this week. If you find yourself being anxious or worrying, I want you as soon as you recognize it, confess it as sin and then pray about the matter instead of worrying about it. Stop and think about it. Who's the one who can fix the matter? Oh yeah, it's God. You're, you're worrying about it won't change, won't get, make you one inch taller. Isn't that what Matthew 6 says? Uh, you, you can't change the circumstances by worrying. But guess who can change the circumstances? So here's the deal. If God says don't worry, then as soon as you catch yourself worrying, confess it as sin. Every single time. And then pray about it. And some of you might say, well, Albert, I'm not sure I'll get anything else done this week. Then I'll say, that's probably going to be a great week. <laughs> Every time you start to worry, confess it as sin. Every time. And pray. Confess it and pray. Confess it and pray. Confess it and pray. Sooner or later, the, devil, the devil's going to get tired of your prayers. He's going to stop causing you to worry. But I, don't, I want you to hear this. It's commanded. So five commands. Rejoice. Rejoice. Be known for being gracious. Don't worry. Pray. And then we get to one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible. I, I want you to notice it says, And the peace of God might, perhaps, Guard your heart and mind. Is that what your Bible says? No, no. Uh, and, and maybe the peace of God will be there. No. Now, what does your Bible say? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, what? Will. Guard. 
your heart and mind. That's a blunt promise. God's word's on the line. If you rejoice, be known for being gracious, don't worry but pray, God's word is on the line. The peace of God, which surpasses all under, it's, it's incomprehensible that you could be peaceful in the middle of our day. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard is used in 2 Corinthians about guarding a city. It'll guard your emotions and your thinking. All those thoughts, all those feelings that are so harmful, God promises to guard you from that. But please catch this. This is not a new promise for God. Remember 700 years earlier, the prophet Isaiah says, you keep in perfect peace. The one whose mind is stayed on you. This is not a strange promise. This is just normal Christianity. Normal Christianity means peace spills out of my life. Remember the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. And I've tried to get to a point over the last few decades that if I see something that, looks, that, that doesn't look like the fruit of the Spirit coming out of me, I own it. I confess it. As sin. And I ask the Holy Spirit to take over again. Brothers and sisters. I think God sent me here this morning. For you to hear. He wants you. To walk. In perfect peace. But you don't get. The result of walking down his path. By walking your own way. By ignoring his words. You can't ignore his commands. And expect his promises. In this passage to be true. Because it's ba it says do these things. And. Now. Earlier. In, um, in uh, Philippians chapter 2. Paul had talked about. Christians being like. Stars. Lights shining in the darkness. This week, if you will rejoice, rejoice. Be known for being gracious. Don't worry but pray. You're going to be shining like a light in a dark world. Because the peace of God... Will just spill out and will guard your heart and your mind. Child of God, that's what your father wants you to have this week. Let's pray. Oh, I need to put one other thing. I forgot. The passage ended with three words. The passage ended in the Lord. Oh, yeah, or is it in Christ Jesus? Which one does it say? In Christ Jesus. Oh, I, I, need, I, need to, I need to put in a disclaimer. None of these promises will work for you if you're not at peace with God. You see, the peace of God, Scripture talks about, but it also talks about the peace with God. And until you have repented and believed, those beautiful testimonies in baptism, until you've repented and believed, then God doesn't have a promise of peace for you. Actually, that's not what his word says at all. 
It says that he wants this for you, but until you repent and believe, you're not his child. So this morning, if you are not at peace with God, then you need to come and grab a pastor by the hand and say, I need to be at peace with God. But everyone who, has the peace, who is at peace with God, I beseech you, don't live below your inheritance. You can be at, have the peace of God real in your life if you'll walk God's way. Let's pray. Father, this morning, I just believe that you wanted this passage spoken to these people because you mean to encourage some of your saints who have been consumed by worry and anxiety. Some of your saints who have not been enjoying the blessing that you want for them. Father, for those who are here who don't know you as Lord and Savior, would you show them the beauty of the Christian life and how much they need to be at peace with God. But I'm asking, Father, that every one of your children in this room, that you would remove, that just help them to stop believing the lies of the enemy. That, that worry is not okay. Would you just convince them in the inner man that you're smarter and your ways work and that if they would walk your paths, they could have your promise. Father, I ask for nothing less for the, than the peace of God that defies understanding to guard the hearts and minds of your children who walk with you this week. Let your peace be real. I pray it in Christ's name. Amen.